Odd People, you are listening to The Universe Unhinged, your weekly news for all things bizarre. I'm Chris. And I'm Liz. Well, as always, I feel I'm, I'm ready to be here. Excited about this this uh, this week. Ready to hear Me the too. rest of your story. It's a special episode because it's a continuation from last week. Um, because unfortunately it was, it's very long and there's a lot of content to, to go over. So we're going to dig right in. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This week, I don't have a story for you guys, but, uh, excited to wrap up the story of 687 or six, what is it? 657 Boulevard? 657 The Watcher is The Watcher. I am ready to throw down some theories and hopefully walk away with some, not answers, but could be possibilities. No, because that's what we do here. We don't get answers. We get possibilities. <laughs> no answers. We just kind of kind of make up ideas as we go. We have no idea what we're doing. We make up everything. <laughs> If any of you guys do know what you're doing, just in general and in life, please let us know. Maybe we could learn a thing or two. We're open. Open to suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So are you ready to continue with ready. this creepy story? Ready, Freddy. Okay. And away we go. So last time, if you remember, we concluded with why... The Broadduses at this point in time would have believed that Michael Langford was the primary suspect. Uh, so I'm just going to pick right back up to where I left off and continue reading letter number two. And if you haven't seen that podcast, go and check that out now and then come back and you can finish up and hear the rest of this story. This is still letter number two, and it continues as follows. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard Allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family, that's the family that owned it before, so he's mentioning the Woods family. He says, the Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard. And now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. So that's letter number two. Why are they still living there? They're actually they're like, kind of not. They're still just kind of in between, um, doing like some renovations and things like that. Um, and at this point, they stopped bringing the children to the house completely. They didn't even bring them over anymore after this. Okay. Um, so they're making smart 
yeah. better decisions and than what they were some contemplating may. even moving it at all at this point this is two weeks now and they're like me you know what we don't maybe we shouldn't uh well obviously they didn't know at the time but they're like maybe we shouldn't move in right, um so right. detective lugo came to the house um and is shown where the daughter's easel was located out of view like i said from the house and only able to see from behind the house or from the side but not much else was done um at that point he did know about the langfords that live next door um but at this point Derek began setting up webcams all around six by seven. He spent nights mm-hmm. crouched in the dark. He was watching to see if anyone okay. was watching the house at close range. And he goes on to say that his, his wife thought he was crazy. Um, Why would she think he's crazy? Just because of all the time. They're both getting I, letters. I think he was just becoming obsessed in return. How the watcher was obsessed with him, the house. Now he was becoming obsessed with the watcher type of thing um sure i mean i feel like that would be normal yeah like if if there if we were getting notes like that in our mailbox and dylan didn't wasn't becoming obsessed (laughs) i'd be like there's something wrong (laughs) like you should care a lot about what's happening oh yeah and also at this time the broadnesses decided to start their own investigation so they hired private investigators at this time since they weren't getting anywhere with the police and all okay they turned to several experts one was a private investigator who staked out the neighborhood and ran background checks on the Langfords, but he did not find anything noteworthy another interesting thing to note here which i thought was fascinating was that derek reached out to a former FBI agent who served as the is the inspiration for Clarice Starling in the Silence of the Lambs. So he reached out to her, I guess, to kind of help with the case. But nothing else is mentioned of of her at all. But I thought that was interesting that he, that that's who he reached out to. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, it says that they were on a board of trustees together, so that's why uh, that he had okay. reached out to her. Okay, so as the private investigators began to do some more research. Robert Lenahan, the private investigator, noted several things about the the envelope. There were like the salutations. Um, I guess he it was like he described it warm and humid, sunny and cool for a summer day before he began with the creepy stuff in the letter. The first letter. Mm-hmm. Uh the sentence I'm glad someone's breaking yeah, down the letter. Yeah, like, yeah. The sentence had double spaces between them. Um, the letters had a certain literary um, quality to it, which suggested a voracious reader. And the surprising lack of profanity was given the level of anger okay. with, with the level of anger. So there was no profanity for mm, the amount of anger yeah. that was in this letter. So he suggested that it was a much a less macho writer. Um, and fits the bill for that Michael guy, though. Kind of childlike in a sense. Yeah. Michael Lanford, you know, like. See, now there's there's people that went on to say that he he didn't have like the brain capacity or something to be able to write something like this. But I don't know. I can't say that. Yeah. Um, Either way, I don't I don't know about that. But um, um, the first letter he said had typos and errors to imply a certain erraticism. 
There was also like a seething anger directed at the wealthy in particular. The watcher was upset by new money and moving into the town. So he he had begun to ask. They started wondering if possibly if it was somebody out of anger that I guess because they were wealthy and whatnot. But I would look at everybody in that area as being wealthy. But the thing is, and now if you look at your map too, a lot of the houses, you'll see where I wrote like sold for a dollar, sold for a dollar. This house sold for $10. Oh, yeah. This house sold for, one up here sold for a dollar. So what I noticed sure. when I was doing some research about the actual houses themselves were, is that these families are old families. They like to keep the fa- the house in the family so when oh, they, so they, the older mm. person of the house, you know, has lived there a while, they want to sell it to yeah. the younger generation. So they sell it to their yes. son or daughter for like a buck, um, just Got to it. pass yeah, on yeah, the yeah. deed of the house. So that's Got what it. I yeah, noticed I with many of the houses are surrounding this house. Um, so these oh. are families that have lived there for a while. Um, now oh. I, I know it was noted in in um, the research that I did, it said that the Langfords were the only ones that had lived there since the 60s. But upon p- pulling up, like, the house deeds and things like that, I couldn't find anything. There were no records, at least listed online, of who purchased the houses past before the 90s or 89. Um, okay. And that's just, I guess... You think about, I don't know why there wasn't records, you know, back then, but I'm wondering if there are, if you were to go to like the place where they kept the actual records, if you could physically pull that up, you know, Mm -hmm. go to New Jersey. I don't know. But online anyway, past the, before the nineties, there are no records of who lived in those homes. But from what I gather, I would say they, they would have lived there for a while because they, if you look like this person sold their house in the, in 2010 for a dollar. So that suggested whoever lived there, they had lived there for quite a while. Again, right, 1994, right. number 650, they sold their house for a dollar. They had probably lived there since before, obviously the nineties, it was the older, the parents or whatever. So that's what mm-hmm. I was gathering from all this. It's just older generations and whatnot. <laughs> just to yeah. make a long story short. It, it fits the bill of what he put in the letter too, talking about how like my dad, like this, my grandfather watched the house yeah. and my father watched the house. And now I'm watching the house. Which right. I mean, generation after generation after generation, instead of it being, you know, just one family in as the Lanford since the sixties, like that, you know, lens that like one of these other houses that was sold for a dollar to stay in the generate, like in the family, that they're the one, someone in one of those homes is sending the letters. Yeah. And the thing about this investigator too, is he told Derek, he's like, Oh, I don't think, you know, he, whoever this is, is likely to act on the threats. But as a parent, I would still be like, I can't take that chance. I don't want to take that chance. (laughs) Right. Um, absolutely not. So this, now the part I'm about to read I'm about to read another part of the letter. The thing about doing this research, too, is I could not find the letters in whole. I was only able to find what was originally written in articles and things like that from these letters. So it's like pieces of it. I'm like, I want the full thing, but I couldn't find the actual full letter. So if I'm jumping around, I apologize. It's just trying to figure out where this all makes sense. 
So this, this next part, I think, I, I don't know. It was either, I want to say it was probably written in this, in letter number two. Um, but here's what the next little tidbit says. It says, the house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You're stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. So this person is saying they, they roamed the halls. They've been in the house when they were a child. Um, yeah. They go on to say the 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard. When I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. So it's somebody that they're saying, you know, I've been in this house. I roamed there. But at the same time, I'm wondering what life would be like to live here being rich. Like they're, they have this anger towards them. So it goes on. The house was full of life and young blood. There's that word again. Oh gosh. Then it got old and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Okay. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. There. So the, at this point, Lenahan, the detective, he's like, well, maybe it was a, a previous maid or a housekeeper, their kids or something like that that lived in the family at the time. And they're writing out mm-hmm. of anger um, because of this. You know, I don't know. Who knows? Why, if this person is so obsessed with this home, why didn't they buy it? I guess if they're so obsessed and they didn't buy it, it does mean that they genuinely don't have the money to buy it. Because clearly they love the home. Yes, they love the home. You can tell. And yes, and if they didn't buy the house, then they just don't have the money to buy the home. And the Lamfords, did they have money? Um... It's not really said. I mean, when I looked up their house, they purchased it. I don't know if I wrote the purchase date. The only thing I could gather was that... Well, no, because they've lived there since at least the 60s. And I don't think it said. And they still live there to this day. So the house hasn't sold. So I don't know. And back then, houses, you know, were priced differently and whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. If they, mm. they had money or not. Um, the fo- But the focus at this point remains on the Langfords. Um, and in cooperation with the Westfield police, the Broadduses send a letter to the Langfords announcing plans to tear down the house. Um, they were hoping to prompt a response from the Langfords because that's who they were suspecting. But nothing right. happened. They didn't get any weird letters or anything like that. So Detective Lugo brought brings Michael Lankford in for a second interview. He was previously brought okay. in once when the first letter had come, but he ref- he said he denied any knowledge acknowledged to it to the letters, yeah. and his sister was furious. Her name is Abby. We're going to talk a little bit about Abby, but she became okay. furious and said that the police were harassing her brother and family, and no in no way would they they do this her brother would do this Mm -hmm. or anything um it should also be noted that abby was a real estate agent so there's speculation too wondering if maybe there was some bitterness because she 
she was the one that wanted to sell the house and in return somebody else got the house um was able to sell it but she was a real estate she is still a real estate agent but i'm just throwing that okay. out there i'm not saying that she's guilty you know I'm, i want to make sure that the, all, everything yeah. is thrown out there put on the table people can draw their okay. own conclusions but that is one thing that was being speculated at the time. Okay. So like I said, yes. Yeah, so the private investigators, like we talked about, they found that there was two um, sex offenders in the neighborhood a few blocks apart. Um, now, if I want you to take a look on your map at house number 644. You see that? It's right behind 657. Yes. Yep, I got it. Okay. 70 million. Yes. So there is a, a, a man and his wife that live there. Bill Woodward um, was the Broadus' house painter. Um, and he had noticed something strange. He said okay. that he was um, painting one day, doing some painting and looking out the window by one of the windows. And he saw the older guy that was sitting behind, directly behind him sitting in a lawn chair that was kind of close to the fence right near the Broadus's house and it was facing directly at the Broadus's house. So he thought mm -hmm. that that was kind of weird and just mentioned it to the Broadus's. Um, but I mean, I could see where that would be a little weird, but also again, when I did my own research and I pulled up this house, it should be noted that there's a privacy fence all around their house. So I don't know how they would be able to see directly. Yeah. So they have a patio right next to their house and from what I can okay. tell from looking down over Google Earth, what was interesting is I could actually see the patio chairs right on the patio. Wow. But I didn't okay. see anything unusual about it because mm -hmm. there was nowhere else for them to face their patio, their chairs. Why would you, you wouldn't want them looking mm -hmm. at your house. They had them facing towards their backyard. So yeah, this okay. guy, this particular painter, Bill Woodward, was making it seem like their chairs were right next to the fence. And he was like okay. creepy, like creepily staring over at their house, but and so unless they moved their chairs, I didn't see anything suspicious about where their chairs were placed. <laughs> or were they just trying to cause a distraction to take the attention off of something or someone else? Yeah, I don't Is know. That what, yeah, okay, yeah. What I'm about to read next, I'm not sure because they do receive a sec, um, a third letter. But again, it's really hard to decipher between the different news articles when these, like, what part of the letter was sent when. So, because okay. one person yeah. quoted and said that this, this part of the letter was sent in letter two, but then another article stated it was sent in letter three. So, I don't, okay. I don't know when it was sent, but I'm going to read it because it's still, it's all just bizarre. Six by seven Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. By the way, I kind of get a very schizophrenic feel reading this. Yeah. I mean, just... Because it's Michael. Well, okay, so that's your thought. Okay, we're going to continue. Yeah. Goes on. Okay. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Oh. 
Come gosh. back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. Um, so the reason this that portion was in there was because the they had they had taken their children out. They weren't living there. Um, oh, yeah, I figured. Yeah, figured, so he's yeah. this person is angry that the children aren't there, is what I'm gathering. <laughs> did the previous resident, uh, did, did they have children in that home ever? Did they ever raise children? Yes, she... Yes, because her but it's weird that her and her son she... were both questioned. Um, the husband, I doesn't mention about the husband really. No, it did. I don't know, but the, her and the son were definitely called in for questioning because. So here's what else ended up happening. DNA was found on an envelope, um, and it was tested to be a, a woman's. So they end up ruling Ooh, okay. out Michael Langford at this point. Um, Just because there was DNA on the on the envelope yes. that was a woman? So yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking too. Like they didn't find it. It says envelope. It does not say letter. It says envelope. Okay. Okay. Like he could have sent it in the postal office. Yeah. Anywhere. I, he could have, it, if it was Michael, he also lived in the home of his mom. His mom could have well, touched the letter or bought the envelopes. And so then. So <laughs> the private investigators actually had a security guard go and get a discarded bottle that Abby, the sister, had thrown out. And they tested the DNA. Oh. And it was it came up negative. So her DNA was negative. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay so they it. did do that. Um,. They oh. also tested um, Andrea Woods's DNA, and hers came back negative. They tested Maria Broadus, the one, the owner, new owner of the house, negative. Yeah. Um. So they they were like at a dead end, pretty much. I just don't like that they ruled someone out, like ruled him out because it was a woman's DNA. Yeah, that could have gotten there anyway. If it was on and... the inside of the envelope, the letter, okay. But from what I'm saying, unless it's being misquoted, I mean, they're saying it's the it's the outside of the envelope, which could potentially also, come from anybody. <laughs> yeah, and also, who's to say it's not multiple people involved in this? Exactly. Who's to say it's not Michael and another and a woman? So. We are going to continue with our story, and you can jump back to that theory in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but at this time, there were it's it actually started to leak out into the news um, that these letters had come out. It started to get all over. News trucks began parking outside. People were walking by, wanted to see the house. Um, also, there's a, a Lori. Lori Clancy, she lives in house number 650 and does piano lessons, but she was interviewed and stated that her students were afraid to walk by on Boulevard because they were afraid of the house and, and all that. So there was fear in the neighborhood at this time once the letters got out mm -hmm. and what was happening. Yeah. Um, and it was basically like a circus, but without the elephants. Right, Oscar? Yes, Oscar agrees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> um, so here's, okay, so here's where it takes an even weirder turn. See, it's just like turn after turn. Okay. So the private investigators sat, two of them one night, decided to park a van outside 
the house to see if they, they noticed anything and they were watching the house with a pair of binoculars, okay? Around mm-hmm. 11 p.m., a car stopped in front of the house long enough for one of the tech detectives to grow suspicious. So he traces the car, the plate, and discovers that it belongs to a young woman in a nearby town whose boyfriend lived on the same block as 657. She was questioned and tells the detective that her boyfriend was into some really dark video games, including one that has a character called The Watcher. Hmm. This house, and I'm I'm not 100% sure, but again, from my research, if you look right next door, house number 645, um, to the left of the 657, they yeah. they had a son that lived at that house at the time that would have been about the same age that they're saying that this particular boyfriend was. He was in his early 20s, around 21, 22. And they do okay. have a son that lives in that house that would be approximately mm-hmm. that age. I'm just throwing that out there again. But I also, I want to read something really quick. This is about the game that, I found the game that this guy was playing, and it's called Darksiders. Uh, I've never heard of it. No, I never heard of it either. Dan did, but I I had never heard of it. But it was from a game, I believe, from 2010, and there's been other games and whatnot. Okay, so this is the character, the Watcher, in the game. It says, when War, who is also another character, was sent to the Chard Council for being accused of starting the apocalypse, the Watcher was instructed with watching over War and to follow him on his journey to make sure he stays in line. He directs War to accomplish certain tasks that need to be achieved in order to progress through his journey. He's being depicted as being sadistic and wicked with no sense of mercy whatsoever. Um, So I just, that was just another little something that I thought was interesting. That there's Mm -hmm. a guy on this block that plays a game with the character's name, The Watcher. Uh, But again, this is something that nothing was ever, it's nothing mentioned again. I don't believe, I don't know if they tested the woman's DNA. But I would have. I would have at least tested, been looking in more into this family and all. Yeah. Um, but the looking thing. everyone. See, this is the thing you were saying earlier about answers. You're not going to get answers till A, somebody's been hurt or somebody's dead. Yeah, that's <laughs> I exactly mean, what I said. That's, yeah. that's crazy to me. So crazy. And it's unfortunate, but that's the reality that we live in. And we see it time and time again. Yeah. They end up pretty much dropping the case so they said that they couldn't find a whole lot to go on so six months go by and the broadises decided that they were not going to move in their house they wanted to sell it after all this had happened great yeah decision um they decide to sell but because of all the attention and people i don't know if they were freaked out whatever nobody wanted to buy the house they also put the house Mm on um for more than that that they had purchased it for because of all the renovations they had done they had done like over a hundred thousand yeah. dollars worth of renovations oh my god yeah so a lot of renovations were done oh. in the house it sat on the market until 2019 it did finally sell in 2019 but um i'm gonna go back to 2017 because that's before they were even able to sell it they decided okay. to rent the house so they did find a renter 
to move into the house. The renters agreed on one condition that they would move in only if their contracts, they could get out of their contract should more letters arrive. So mm-hmm. six letters, yeah, like, six letters showed up. I'm sorry, six months went by and no letters had shown up, okay? okay? So two weeks after the renters move in, Derek stops by the house because he was called over for a squirrel problem in the attic. Uh, so he stops by. The renter hands him a very familiar envelope. Okay. The correspondence specifically addresses Derek and Maria... But also, it mentions the renters in inside the house, and it it is it's very violent. This next letter, Ugh, um, okay. so it says escalation, violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife Maria. This letter, two and a half years after the watcher appeared, came out of nowhere. It was dated February thirteenth. The day the Broadduses gave dispositions in their lawsuit against the Woodses, which I failed to mention, they end up suing Andrea Woods and her family for failure to disclose the um, mm-hmm. the letter, uh, hoping yeah. yeah. So they they try to sue them. Yeah, did they win or no? Um, no, they end up counter suing. Okay the woods is because yeah. they claim that the woods is or they claim that the broadest family um basically made the whole thing up to get out of paying for their million dollar mortgage so they're saying that, wow. that it's the broadest that made the whole thing up fabricated it and everything which is a very interesting theory on its own yeah, I mean, I, okay, so there's, this is one of the top speculations that it was Derek Broaddus that wrote these letters. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's, it, to me, as a mother, though, I can never imagine sending letters like this, and that mm-hmm. if I had children in the home, it just, anything, oh, I can't, the thought of it, it, it disgusts me. People justify the weirdest things, though, and if she thought... You know, oh, I need to get out of this mortgage. I need to get out of this payment for the future of my children so that they have more money in their bank accounts or because I don't like this school district or whatever. And if she thought that what she was doing was going to better them in the future, people can justify some crazy crap. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it's been speculated too, just because they, it's people, there were people that said they were in over their head in debt and they actually shouldn't have bought the home to begin with. Um, that it was above and beyond what they could actually afford, like that type of thing. So there is that right. speculation around this as well. Um, but I'm going to continue with this letter. So he says, you wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. The letter was less stylish this time, but more wrathful. It continues to say um, it seemed that the writer had been closely following the story as they had seen the media coverage. Uh, He says that he walked, he or she says that they walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. They say, I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions and the attempt to tear down the house 
657 Boulevard survived your attempt assault and stood strong with the arm with its army of supporters barricading its gates, the letter read. So I'm going to pause here and say that in 2016, before the house was rented, the Broadduses wanted to tear down the house and build two houses on the lot in hopes of getting more money out of the property. So they were going to wow, tear okay. down this beautiful historic house and put up two new houses right there. But once it was taken okay. before the um, the board, all, people in the neighborhood mm-hmm. came forward and said, we don't want this. This is why this house yeah. is historic. It's going to ruin the... Yeah, the historical looks. landmark. Yes. You can't. So yeah. it was turned down. They were not able to whatever. And that's what, that's yeah. what the watcher yeah. is saying. He's talking about how they didn't get away with, they weren't able to tear down the house. So he says, Six by Seven Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my order to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of Six by Seven Boulevard with my orders. All hail the watcher. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Looney Tune. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's so creepy. Oh, here's the next part. This is the part where it was kind of really, where it kind of took a turn. Um, he says, maybe, I don't even, this is, it's just thrown in there. It doesn't exactly say, it just says the letter indicated revenge could come in many forms. It says maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a, simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet, loved ones suddenly die, planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break. So that's very... That's gutsy. (laughs) Yeah. And they're getting gutsier with what they're saying. Yes, and that's what is is noted. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is a threat exactly it's not even a veiled threat anymore it is just a flat out threat. so here's where i'm gonna go back to derek broadus because it's also noted that one christmas eve he decided to send several anonymous letters to neighbors um uh, to different neighbors but did not say that they were from him he said they're anonymous but neighbors noted that they had kind of the same similarity as like what the watcher had wrote. One neighbor posted it on Facebook and it said, I wish we could go back to the days of tar and feathers. I have just the couple in mind. Uh, another family who had got the letter said that it was weirdly poetic as the watchers had been. It included several stories about recent acts of domestic terrorism in which signs of brewing mental illness had gone unnoticed. The typed letters were signed friends of the, of the Broadus family. So Derek wrote this letter anonymously, didn't tell anybody and whatever. So, I mean, he said he regrets writing it. He did it because he was at his wits end. I don't know. I don't know why he wrote the letters, but. Ugh, okay. Yeah. Now he's looking a little shady. Yeah. People start throwing accusations at him not looking good one of the people who had received the letter told this specific reporter that they never even met the broadduses and they had no interest in doing so so they never even met Mm -hmm. them but they were also one of the families that had received this weird letter oh i did want to mention too that there was another 
once all the, this all went public on the media and social media and stuff like that, there was another neighbor. Um, doesn't say who it was, but there was another neighbor that received a letter around the same time that the broadest letter um, family received their very first letter when they moved in. And it had similar hmm. tones, just like the Woods's family and the broadest family, similar tones. But again, they ripped it up and threw it out. So we have, we don't know what that letter says. <laughs> of course they did. That's a terrible idea. If you ever yeah. get anything like that, it's evidence, preserve it, like keep it. Yeah. There was one more letter, I guess, that was sent. And this is all it said because he shows it to the, I guess he's, the, the reporter is interviewing him. They're sitting down together and he, she shows it to him on his phone. And this is all it says. It says, you were despised by the house and the watcher won. So that was the very final thing that was apparently sent. And then, like I said, the house is sold in 2019. A whole new family is living there and nothing else has happened sense but this is so crazy and you see what i I mean how there's just so many twists and turns and it's like was it yeah. was it a neighborhood was it a group thing did the whole neighborhood get together and decide we don't want this family because they're gonna they're trying to ruin the i don't know i don't have answers right. <laughs> oh my gosh there is i don't even know like i i could make a case for a lot of different things i definitely think I, as, as you talked more, I, I no longer am in the Michael camp. I don't think it was Michael. Um, I don't know. I kind of hope that it was the community. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of hope it was like the neighborhood got together and they were like, you know what? We're going to rally together to stop this family from doing this, whatever. Like I kind of, I kind of. I don't know. There's something communal in that. Even but again, there's just some weird things. <laughs> like respect. how, how did they know how, whoever it was, how would they know that he was inside with all the curtains shut, all the lights turned off, like peeping out and looking and watching. I don't know. And remember in the one letter, it says that binoculars and, and telescopes are a wonder, marvelous thing. Or whatever, like they they were watching mm-hmm. and knew that he was in the house, or it was him that sent the Unless letters, it was and him. he was the one that knew. I exactly, don't know. <laughs> exactly. That's the other option too. But the fact that they put a hundred thousand dollars into the house and re- renovations tells me they weren't hurting for money. Oh no! Immediately. Not to mention the money that was spent on private investigators. Um, yeah, so like it doesn't make sense for them to go through all of this no. to get out of. Um, and the home. I would like it I would like sense. to mention that Maria, the wife, said that she had to go through um, countless like counseling and stuff like that, and was came out of it saying that she has like PTSD from all of this and was on medication. Wow. And the husband too said that he was taking medication for his stress uh, and things like that. So those are things that I think we need to be mindful of. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm casting my vote that it was a neighborhood squad, <laughs> like a watcher neighborhood squad that like a club, call it whatever that got together, and this was their agreed upon way to prevent this family from tearing down that home. Yeah, and they they also they took a loss when they sold the house in 2019. They sold it for two hundred, mm-hmm. or sorry, nine hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars, where they purchased it for one point three million. Yeah. Um. So yeah. they took a huge loss on that as well. So there's all these things wow. that, and then and then also people are like, well, 
I guess there there were movie deals that people tried to offer them at the time, and they did not. They turned them all down. They didn't want the movie deals. So people were like, "Well, if he wrote the letters, wow. wouldn't he have wanted to take right, those movie right. deals and whatnot?" I don't know. Does he? Do you know if he has a part in the? Not um, that I know I think of. Said that there's like a movie deal coming. There's out. There's a Netflix Does show he, coming out. Yes. Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if their names are going to be the same, but I did read like the neighbors and things like that, all that their names would be changed. Yeah. But their name, I don't know yet if theirs is the same in the show, like the main character or not. Yeah. But there's so many suspects and so much going on. And I'm just like, who are you, watcher? Wow. Wow. (laughs) I mean, who do you, if you had to vote right now, who do you think that it was? I would honestly, I would have liked to have found out more about the guy that was into the video games that played the with the character named the oh, Watcher that lived okay. right next door. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's kind of where I'm, but I don't know because I don't have all the information, and we may never sure. know at this point. But that's where I lead leaning towards. Um, but again, but I don't what know. What would be his motive? Just as a prank, maybe? Just like to be weird? Sure. Yeah, that's true. He's young. Yeah. He's, you know, playing, he's got nothing else to do. Okay, so my, the, my other thinking about who I would vote for right now would also be the mystery woman who came in to the home and said it was nice to have some young blood in the area again. Uh, oh okay i think she would actually be my primary suspect at this point in time just because it's such a weird thing to say Mm, i i I feel like that's just how in my head that's how like rich people talk but tell me why you think that (laughs) it's it's just too coincidental i mean i know we had said that that we had thought oh that's just how they talk or whatever but do they really (laughs) like can we get some people that have like tons of money to confirm this and tell us if they Uh, use this term (laughs) young blood i would love to hear that okay yeah so here's here's another theory though that i wanted to throw your way that um some people were speculating that maybe the person was actually living inside the walls of the house itself. What? Okay. What's the evidence to support? Is there well, any evidence to support okay, that? Okay. So remember, remember also in the letters, he's talking about how have you found like what's in the walls yet? Oh, you will soon enough in time. Oh my gosh. So then they did, Whoa. they actually did have an inspector like come in, I guess, and see if they, I don't know what they did. If they ran like some type of, um, test to see if there was anything behind the walls like i don't know but what the only thing the inspector did say was that there was um a lack of insulation in the walls which i thought to be kind of interesting (laughs) if somebody's living in the walls why would there be insulation i mean (laughs) right right um so no insulation in the walls and who knows maybe there was even like a tunnel system that runs underneath allowing them to exit and enter at will i don't know i mean yeah if the people who had this home had money which clearly they did that's not that and okay crazy to think of that they built that this made me think of the house that we stayed in in florida do you remember that i mean i remember the house but what part the house where it had like a weird tunnel thing behind the bathroom panel Oh, yeah. And okay, yeah. We were like, okay, this looks like somebody could crawl back there. And we found like that whole passage underneath in the basement that 
mm-hmm. kind of was like a weird little tunnel thing. And we even tried yes. we even tried to trick mom and told her that somebody was living in the walls. <laughs> that wasn't the Florida house. That was the um the house in Michigan. Oh, you're right. It was. I kept thinking. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. I kept thinking it was the Florida house. You're right. Because I'm like, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yes, the one I in do Michigan. remember that. So, yeah, it made me think of that creepy house. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, that makes me think of, um, there's this podcast that if anyone who listens to podcasts knows, it's morbid. They recently did an episode on this guy. His name is Danny LaPlante. Okay. And he... Uh, these two teenage girls were like hearing things in their walls and they kept going to their parents and they're like, Hey, like we're hearing like this. Someone's talking to us. We can hear voices. Well, they had just conveniently played with a Ouija board. So they, they were convinced that it was spirits, but then it got real weird. And so they told their parents, anywho, come to find out this guy, Danny LaPlante was living in their walls <laughs> in the home and was speaking to these two teenage girls when they were doing seances and things like that. But yeah, like literally set up shop okay. behind their walls. That, would, like, that confirms them. the story here. That <laughs> yes. the possibility that somebody could be living in the walls. Yes, it has <laughs> happened before. <laughs> that is crazy. Wait a second. So did they... How how long was this person in the walls for? He had been in the walls for weeks, so not that long, but still, he was he like set up a home. <laughs> um, he had peepholes along <laughs> in the internal structure so that he could spy on them. Uh, yeah, so that's the story of Daniel Plant. That's so creepy. High level overview. Okay, yeah, there was a lot. To well, that. I'm going with that. I think that's going to be my my theory in all this. Is that somebody yeah. is living inside their walls? That's all. That's all there is to it. I think that is a really. So wait, sorry, hold on. So why do you think that it was the lady? Why do you think that that lady was involved with someone living in the walls? Oh, I didn't or necessarily say she was involved with somebody involved in, with living in the walls, unless she was the one living in the walls. No. Okay. <laughs> Yes, that's her. <laughs> no, I just thought it was weird, her whole comment about the young blood thing, so. Yes. I, you know, I'm still, that is a great theory, and I like that, and definitely enjoy entertaining it. I'm still going to stick with... The community? Like, the community. Yeah. It kind of makes me think of, like, did you see Squid Games? No. I'm just thinking of this no, right now. No, I didn't. Oh my gosh, it's great. Great entertainment. <laughs> But the whole concept is like these very rich, wealthy people are so bored that they create what's called the squid games just to entertain themselves. Yeah. So it kind of makes me think of this situation where this community is like full of kind of elitist people. And they're like, you know what? We don't like the people who live in this home. Let's just kind of terrorize them for our own amusement since we got nothing else. Better I mean, to do. I could see that because, uh, yeah, definitely. That makes me think of the movie um, The Burbs. Is that what, I think it's called, it's called The Birds with Tom Hanks and all. Oh, yeah. I never saw it, but I, like I know the cover. it's this kind of wealthy little neighborhood. Um, and then he, him and his friends, <laughs> a group of guys are um, checking into their neighbors. I think they do end up tur- turn out to be murderers, though, or something. But it's it's oh almost like they, they were so bored that they had nothing better to do than to figure out what was going on with this house and... So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that happening, too. Yeah. But we'll never know. We will never know. We'll never know for sure. 
Oh, and I did want to um, also note that Michael Langford and his mother did die in the same year, in 2020. Oh. Um, Peggy was 90. I hope it wasn't them. She was 99 years old when she died in February. Wow. He died wow. in April of 2020 um, in a hospice uh, at 66 years old. Oh. So that, uh, it doesn't say how they died, but I'm wondering if it has something to do with COVID and all um yeah. since he was like in a like a hospice situation that is very sad actually i mean 99 though like good for her i really hope that it wasn't them because it sounds like all things considered they were a sweet family and it, if they didn't do it honestly it's unfortunate that their name was you know just slandered over oh, this exactly through yeah the mud. i would be furious I, and if they are innocent that's so yeah that's just sad yeah, the whole thing is just, I'm like, as I was researching, I'm like, I, I want to know. Like, I hate not knowing who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love film adaptations, though, with stuff like this, where it's a mystery, because I feel, I, like, I feel like it'll just give it a whole new light, too, which would be cool. Oh, I'm excited to see it. I don't even care if it's completely off the wall, but I want, I'm, I'm very curious to see what the take is on it. Yeah. Wow. That was a heck of a story. I'm just so also I'm very surprised that I've never heard of this. Oh, I know. I never did either until like I said, I this popped up. Um so yeah, I wow. never heard of it and it was really big, I guess at the time that all this wow. was happening. That is crazy. But I apologize for rambling for an over, you know, our, this is the longest podcast that we've had and Oh my gosh. Uh, no, it was good though. It was it was, it I was don't, very uh girthy i don't know if our way. listeners you know our our three maybe we might be up to three listeners by now so if you're okay. if you're listening out there we appreciate it uh <laughs> yes we need to get a patreon <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this was this was definitely exciting and it was a fun story to to dig into to say the that least was awesome you did a great job researching that too. Oh, that why? Nice. Thank you. <laughs> I know welcome. my thoughts at times were all over, but that's just because there was just so much to it. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a lot. That was good though. Okay, um, well, cool. Do you have any ending? One, anything to say? Closing thoughts. Um, no. I hope. Uh, I hope everyone has a great week and feels like a wrap. And we want to hear from you and who you think the mysterious watcher is. So check us out on Instagram at the Universe Unhinged to let us know your thoughts. I'm Chris. And I'm Liz. Later, pod people. Bye.